1: what's going on right now i'm talking with jake from judiciary uh they actually just dropped a new record it's metal as hell it's out on closed casket records and uh it's actually called flesh and blood you can pick it up uh pick it up on compact disc you can pick it up on vinyl you can pick it up on you know digit you can stream it just just check it out man um this band has been going for almost 10 years now um and i actually talked with uh, a couple of your members when gate creeper came through um, they were in studio and and we were talking a little bit about you, so we introduced you that way. And now I get to ch- sit down and chat with the singer. So how are you doing today, man? You're at home in Texas.
2: Yeah, I'm doing well, man. It's a it's kind of a rainy day in San San Antonio, Texas. Really? So yeah, we're filling up the the rivers right now, so I can I can float them when summertime comes. Um, but I just got over being sick for a couple of weeks because I had a sinus infection. Mm. um so i'm feeling good i I like rainy days me and my dog just hang out all day so i'm good
1: nice man so uh you know the Santa or the the texas pride is 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 alive and well with this uh, you know what i'm seeing here you got the horns behind you 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 got the power trip shirt on dude uh you know i talked with trey from creeping death about a year ago and i kind of asked him about you know Oh, and and that's obviously for anyone who's not listening right or not watching right now. He's wearing a power trip shirt. So I talked with Trey from Creeping Death, and he was talking about how there's so much unity in in Texas metal and hardcore scene. And, you know, like you guys really look out for each other. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh yeah, uh, Trey is I, I fuck I, I I love Creeping Death. Yeah. Um, Creeping Death is like some of our best friends. Trey is awesome, um, and he's right. Um, between uh, especially a band, the bands that came up within hardcore and have kind of branched out between the, the power trips, the, the creeping death, uh, frozen soul, fugitive scourge, yeah. um, even branching out to like bands like narrowhead there are Texas hardcore guys through and through. So like, it's, uh, it's, it's, a it's a rising tide that lifts all ships and we're always looking to, to pull each other up. And I think that's pretty awesome.
1: Hell yeah, man. And, and, you know, there's, there's some incredible death metal too, like devourment, you know, and, and just so much good, sick, like, like Texas metal, but you know, it all comes back, man, growing up, were you a big fan of Pantera and and what did they mean to you as far as Texas representation?
2: Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, if you weren't a fan of Pantera, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) like I, uh, you know, I, I probably got into heavier music when I was like, 12 Mm -hmm. or so. Um, obviously, like the first Pantera song I heard is walk. Yep. So like a bunch of like a bunch of other people in this world. Um and obviously like Anselmo's voice caught me. And like obviously there's no denying like dimes riffs, everything about them like was so inspiring. And I think you can hear that in our music. Like we we kind of wear it on our sleeves. Israel, who you talk to, our guitarist, like he it's it's so obvious that he was listening to it sounds like he was listening to dime bag in the womb that's how like <laughs> that's <amazing. laughs> yeah yeah but yeah man pantera is uh was kind of the blueprint musically uh, for for the texas sound so like makes sense
1: awesome man so uh you you kind of mentioned it you know your early memories of like hearing walk but it was probably on the radio or on mtv uh, you know before we jumped in you you were chatting you jumped into the actual interview you were chatting about how you you heard you guys had a big rock radio station down in Lubbock and you heard uh you know a metal radio show and and I always love shouting out the the metal specialty radio shows because they're few and far between these days you know with with uh the way radio goes and everything they don't always stick around so uh luckily metal shop has but you know what's uh what's the show you heard and and let's shout this guy out what when was that
2: uh so that was when I was younger, probably when I was like in middle school to maybe earlier than that, maybe like elementary till I was in high school. Yeah. Maybe later, I'm not totally sure. Um, but it was a show that was called Everything Goes Black.
1: Amazing.
2: And uh it was on KFMX 94.5. And uh they would it was hosted by this guy named uh, Rooster, uh Richard Martin, I believe was his name. Ichmour. and nice. yeah yeah uh but uh he would play a mix of stuff like that was um i heard a bunch of like the the first times i i listened to like bands like hate breed was on there uh i i heard the black Dahlia murder for the first time on there i remember listening to like behemoth and stuff like that so he would play some pretty like heavy stuff and like they would promote like the heavier shows mm-hmm. on the radio station so like I remember, especially when I was in like early high school, I was in marching band. Mm -hmm. So we would go uh, to the football games every Friday night and then I would still be awake after the football game. So I would go home and turn on everything goes black. And that would be like how I found a bunch of music, which is really cool.
1: Absolutely, man. So what was your first like, was that was that your first love or did did you get into music before that? Were you into like, you know, were you like into like Blink-182 when you were a little kid or were you into Black Sabbath? What was your first favorite band?
2: So um, when I was growing up, there was always kind of music around. Like my mom um, really liked like like a bunch of pop music. Like she loves like Michael Jackson, uh, Prince, stuff like that. So like I would listen to that in her car. Um, and then when I went into my dad's truck we would listen to a bunch of like classic rock and metal. So like yeah. um, a bunch of Stevie Ray Vaughan. He liked like uh, meatloaf a lot. And like, uh, I remember listening to like blizzard of Oz in his truck a bunch. Um, but then he liked like other, st- he kind of like, set the blueprint for my music taste like later on. Obviously I went way more extreme. Um but like he uh he liked like like stuff like Jim Croche and uh he played a bunch of like Marvin Gaye awesome. um and everything like that. So he had a pretty broad music taste too. Um but yeah he kind of like planted the metal seed in my brain early on. And then uh the first thing that I felt was like my own like when I found it uh, was but the first CD I ever bought with my own money that I got from, like, doing chores around the house uh, was a uh, uh, Newfound Glory record. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was the, it was the rec- Catalyst. Um, and I believe that was in, like, 2004. So I was, like, nine years old. That starts um, off
1: with, like, that Youth Crew hardcore song. I remember that.
2: Yeah. The... Yeah. Don't exactly. They yeah. Say, but, yeah. Like, so that, I mean, that probably planted the hardcore... Mm -hmm. Seed in my brain early on too But that was like my first like Thing that was like I felt was like This is mine Um, And then from that I just Kind of went deeper down the rabbit hole From that I found like uh, The radio rock bands at the time that were Really hot like um, Papa Roach's Avenged Sevenfold um, Stuff like that And then I found Slipknot Okay. Which was like the big Game changer because I couldn't believe how Heavy they were and then from there, that was when deathcore was super hot. So like Suicide Silence and Whitechapel and bands like that, kind of took me there. And then I heard I bought a Terror CD,
1: okay, uh, Keepers of the
2: Faith. Yep. And then that didn't grab me that much at first. And then I listened to Bitter End's Climate of Fear. Nice. And that's what pulled me towards hardcore Excellent. through and through. And and then I get back into death metal throughout there yep. and like, you know, and then I you know, I like everything now, but I'm a hardcore kid through and through yep. as an adult. So yeah.
1: So you you mentioned Deathcore, it, it kind of like the Suicide Silence and stuff. Is it wild to you that there's kind of like a nostalgic uh renaissance of Deathcore now and like people are like 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 Taylor Young doing the Suicide Silence new record? Um and there's like bands that are straight up embracing like the like MySpace era of Deathcore. you know is that kind of wild to you
2: it is wild to me because it's like uh especially also i texted taylor when i found out that he was doing the the suicide silence record i that is like two 13 year old me and 27 year old me just shaking hands in another universe and that record happens so that's like really cool um but yeah it's 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 super crazy to me um, and like some of those bands are doing it well, like it's obviously like not totally for me anymore. Um, but like, I like that that style is coming back. Cause that's what grabbed me. Like bands like, uh, like, like tactosa are doing it really well. Um, I think there's I another, band from,
1: I got to check them out.
2: They sound like the cleansing era. Of suicide silence is okay. really good um, for what they do. Um, again, not totally my thing anymore, but I respect the hustle. Yeah. Um, and there's another band from Florida, I believe called tracheotomy. Uh-huh. They also sound like they were from that, that, that ilk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to me that like what hooked me as a kid is, is going to start hooking other, other people now.
1: I should have stuck. I should have kept my, like, I declare war and misericordium merch. It could go for like a bunch of money on depop now, you know? So
2: probably man,
1: <laughs> I I just like that. D- I like
2: that death chord isn't
1: like an insulting word anymore. It's just like, no, it's just, you know, kids. And now it's just like kids will like anything. I love that. You know, I, I, I'm probably, you know, I'm 37, so I'm older than you. And, and, uh, you know, when I first started getting into underground music, it was like so segmented and, and kind of elitist with, you know, you know, you're into hardcore and if you can't really bring the metal in the hardcore and then, you know, death core emo and everything was just like, You know, it's just now these days kids, I think because of, you know, how ease of, you know, listening to everything, just open-minded kids like anything. You could listen to Post Malone and then listen to Judiciary and no one bats an eye. It's all good.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, cool, like you said, like there was pretty hard divides like before. And I feel like people can do a little bit more of what what they feel like now. Um, But like when you, when you kind of like listen to a bunch of like older records in In today's context, you can see that like there were bands that like were kind of sneaky with it. Like they just kind of like a band like All Out War. Oh, yeah. Uh, So metal. But like they're the coolest hardcore band that people are just throwing spin kicks to. And then like, you know, the the pure definition of deathcore is death metal hardcore. Yeah. The band Confusion from New York.
1: Yeah, I just heard it on uh, This Is Hardcore podcast
2: yeah confusion is like awesome and like it, i feel like there's uh yeah I, I don't know it's just crazy that like now it feels like there's less barriers for people like trying to experiment with new stuff it's really cool i mean you know
1: internal bleeding it's kind of death death core they got you know slam parts and then like you know and i, I remember interviewing in you know, 10 years ago or so i remember interviewing dying fetus and 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 talking to them about deathcore, and they were like no it's not a bad word you know they they said like you know they don't necessarily call themselves deathcore, but they always put you know mosh parts in their music you know and it's like it's yeah. just you know what it kind of became what it kind of represented you know kind of became a, a a bad word or whatever but either way we digress uh new album
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is it
1: difficult sharing a member with Gatecreeper? They're pretty full-time men. You know, are you guys, uh, is, is, it, is it difficult or you guys work it out?
2: It, we work it out, man. Like it, it's, it's, uh, look, I, it's difficult because it's like, you know, Gatecreeper is very obviously like doing a lot bigger and more stuff than we are. Um, so Israel, you know, is kind of splitting his time, but he's willing to do what he can to help us out. And we have a group of people around us that's willing to help us out. If Israel can't do something, we have somebody to plug in. So like, we're good. Um, and like on a personal note, that guy's been my best friend since I was a teenager. Like I'm happy he's in Australia right now hugging a koala Incredible. as we're recording this. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just happy that my best friend is getting to do really cool. Yeah. Uh, and he's a full-time rocker now. So it's like, how, how can I not be happy for him? Um, but yeah, it's, and, and it's like, if, if, if there's any band that I would love my best friend, my best friend to split time with, with playing with our band, yeah, it's Gate creeper. Like those, those guys are awesome. I love those guys and their bands really good. So
1: Awesome, man. do you uh do you ever envision yourself doing this full time or you you kind of you know just enjoy doing it while you can and and you have a 9 to 5 do you do you have the quote unquote normie job
2: i do have the normie job um yeah. i i think that in in 2023 um it's very hard to not have one yeah um there are very few bands within our space now that can afford to not have a full-time job or at least a part-time job or, a um,
0: hustle
1: or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like you gotta be doing something. Cause like it's, it's very, uh, there's very few bands out there that are living off of their band full time. Um, and that's just the state of affairs. Um, maybe 10. Would I, <laughs> yeah. Dude, straight up. Like, um, and, and like, what would I like to be doing it full time? Hell yeah, man. But, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's a, it's a labor of love and passion. And, uh, i i love being able to be afforded the opportunities that we've been able to to be afforded like we were we're a band from lubbock texas none of we we weren't supposed to do anything and the fact that we've done a bunch of cool stuff is is all i can ask for so
1: that's awesome man so um what do you mind me asking what what's your you know normie job i i work in shipping i also work at a you know, I, I, am a writer part-time and then I also do all kinds of random tasks, you know, radio, doing a metal radio show surprisingly isn't my full-time job also. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, uh, I work a, a sales job in okay. like the in- industrial space. Um, and, um, I like what I do. Um, I, I think I'm pretty decent at sales. Um, so, you know, uh,
1: is for mutually assured destruction. I think he does similar thing.
2: Yep. He does. Um, but yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I think, I think it's, I, I, it's good. It's, it's good for what it is. And, yeah. um, I also like on the side of doing music that had that kind of like handles my, you know, creative ache, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, I also do like some freelance graphic design here or there. I've done uh, some work for, for, uh, Ace and his band That's MAD. Awesome. So yeah, uh, been that kind of scratches another itch too. So
1: you do the judiciary artwork?
2: No, I can't. So I, for some reason, I have like a creative block with judiciary. I think it's just because I'm so obsessed to it. Yeah, like I, I can't. I look at something for too long, and I just like I know. I just can't get it onto the, onto the Photoshop screen. Yeah. Like what I really want and anything I do, it's just like, I don't feel like it's good enough. So I just, we commissioned most of that stuff out. I'll do like little stuff sure. here and there for us. Um, But like, as far as like big bulk design stuff, it's just like, nah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with that. I'm not gonna put myself through that. So have you done
1: any uh, album covers or is it mostly t-shirts or?
2: Oh, uh, I've, I've done a few album covers for smaller bands. um I've done some some layouts, but I've done uh, a bunch of t-shirts. that's kind of where I find myself doing my best work awesome. um i've I've done t-shirts for i guess, i guess bands of bigger note like the acacia strain, Kuba Khan. Uh I did one for Knock loose a while back. Um, I've done um some other genres like four years strong. I did a couple okay. of shirts for them. um I also did a shirt from uh this one of my favorite things I've ever done actually. It's a country band from Lubbock called Flatland Calvary. Cool. Um and uh I I know somebody in their crew and they they let me do a, a shirt for them. I just did like a nineties George Strait style shirt for them and they loved it. They said it was like one of their best-selling shirts. So yeah.
1: That's the thing, man, is it's 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 interesting in and in, you know, we've I I don't know if, if you're on a time limit or anything, but uh, I, we've kind of digressed from talking about the new Judiciary album. But uh, this is very interesting to me, if if you're cool with talking about this. Uh, yeah. I, I'll go see, you know, Phoebe Bridgers, right? And you look at her merch table and she's nothing to do with hardcore, but you see a T-shirt and it has the like. know band name down the down the side and it's got it's like kind of taking on the aesthetics of either death metal or like a hardcore thing and you're like this is really interesting and then you kind of like do some you know backwards math and you realize it's probably a hardcore kid who got was really good at you know that aesthetic and take their really creative imagery and also you know kind of networking skills and then got you know a cool job like like you just said you know working with a country artist outside of that world but you take this creativity and I don't know, it's really interesting as far as, um, you know, getting into that world, if anyone's listening now and and they want to get into design or they think, you know, that sounds pretty interesting. Is that something that it's all networking? It's all just meeting people.
2: Um, in a way. Yeah. But like I've, I'd be lying if I said, I haven't sent out a million DMs to managers to I've I've scoured the internet looking for emails for managers and everything like that, trying to find contacts. But a bunch of it is like networking. Like I met um the Acacia Strain guys, the Kuba Kong guys, the Knock Loose guys all through playing shows. Um uh, the best way I can think of, so you're trying to learn graph design. Think of go to your closet, find the coolest shirt that you can see, look at it, examine it, and see what you like about it. Um, A bunch of death metal shirts, for example. Oh, this looks like scanned and weird and kind of gross. Like how did they make it look like that? Um, You can YouTube how to, how to make scanned thing in Photoshop or something like that, or how to make a metal album and cover in Photoshop. And they'll literally show you step-by-step. And um, basically what I did is I just went off the rails and just experimented with little settings and everything like that to try to see what worked and what I liked. Um, it's painstaking. It's a process just like anything else, but like, that's, that's what you got to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you, if you, if you're hungry and you make good stuff, good things will come. I've seen, um, but you know, to your point of like, Oh, I, I, you know, through some backtracking, uh, I found out that a hardcore kid was behind this, uh, a bunch of, major record label creative projects like uh like a Phoebe Bridgers to like a post Malone to a bunch of other stuff. A lot of that was just a bunch of hardcore kids on Photoshop yeah. that started making shirts for their friends' bands eventually got to that point. Um
1: David Riley from the This Is Hell is one of the head uh heads of like uh the imaging and or like the creative art side of Warner Brothers music and like I mean he's an old hardcore kid. I used to go see his band at 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 uh you know the the VFW hall. So that's a great example.
2: Yeah, Isaiah the singer for uh, the band Twists a Cane out of LA. Uh they uh he he does is the person that I'm talking about that works on a bunch of these creative projects for like wow. big rappers. Um he's done shirts for like what did he do a shirt for? Or he did like a whole album cover for like Tiana Taylor. Wow. He's like worked with like uh, Post Malone's creative team I don't know I'm not sure what capacity but I know He's been in those rooms
0: yeah.
2: um, So like he like yeah And that just started him him doing Shirts for bands here in San Antonio where he's From Um. I, one little tangent I want to go off on like When you said that you found a Phoebe Bridgers shirt that Looked like a four side death metal yeah. on sleeve Uh. I saw Julian Baker uh, A couple of years ago She's also and, in Boy
1: Genius with, with Phoebe Bridgers right With Phoebe
2: yeah, yeah. and Julian had a shirt that looked like a nails long sleeve basically. And, uh, but what's funny about that is she's a hardcore kid. Oh really? We, she, yeah. She is. She, she went to our show in Nashville when we played to Knocked loose and she showed up in an incendiary shirt and awesome. she, she talked to us and she was like, yeah, I'm from like, he, I forget where she said she was from, but she's super nice. And she was like, yeah, I, I used to listen to like earth crisis and like a bunch of my friends are straight edge and everything like that. And like, it, she, so like, Okay, Julian. They, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be Amazing. surprised if if Phoebe gets it too. Like, yeah. honestly, that's cool. so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Haley Williams' uh, favorite band is Turnstile. She knows who Terror is. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: she had freaking uh, what's his name, uh, sing Toby from H two O on a song. So, you know, and and she would wear American Nightmare shirts. So it's, you know, kind of crazy. Um, that. <laughs> that's that's a wild world man like uh see and see in turnstile on on jimmy kimmel and all that kind of stuff it's pretty cool man but like you said like uh you know all with the texas thing uh high tide raises all ships is that what you were saying so mm-hmm. beautiful thing man um <clears throat> so right now going on right now is uh ldb not to date this uh but going out down in uh where is that? Is that Oklahoma or
2: Louisville, Kentucky?
1: Louisville, Kentucky is a uh, LDB, uh Life and Death Brigade festival. What's like your favorite fest you've ever been to? And you guys have probably played some overseas, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give two different answers to this because it's just two different sides of the coin. Sure. Um, I think for American fests it's got to be LDB. I loved playing sound and fury. We played the first sound and fury the de- the year it came back. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome, but we've played LDB like three times at this point. It's fun. And three of the best sets we've ever played, man. Like, uh, they are always so welcoming to us. The crowd is always amazing. I'm sure after this year, there's going to be like, eight viral clips that'll go oh, yeah. around and like Jack is going to
1: like react to one of them, you know, just like exactly. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. So like, as far as American Fesco LDB is insane. The fact that thousands of people will fly to Louisville, Kentucky from all sides of the country. And now, like, I, I think I saw that people were flying from like all around the world this year um to Kentucky for a fest says something about what they're doing um for international though we played Hellfest last year Mm. and wow like it was the craziest day of my life honestly um our day was insane it was headlined by metallica i got to see bands that i yeah metallica technically we're on another (laughs) stage but uh the In 70
1: other bands, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were like band 10 of 86. So um but yeah, it was like Metallica headlined our day. As a music fan, I got to see a bunch of bands I wanted. I got to see Merciful Fate. I got to see Carcass. I got to see Triptykon. Um, like it was a great day. Triptykon
1: doing like an old Celtic frost set?
2: No, it was it was full-on wow. triptychon with selected Celtic Frost um, songs within. Like, they opened with Procreation of the Wicked. So sick. Because um, they have to. Um, but, like, they went into full, like, they, they played all the stuff I wanted to, like, Goetia and, like, um, Alter of Deceit and stuff. Alter of Deceit. Gosh. I could go all day about Trypticon. Um But, like... I saw them here in El
1: Corazon at a small venue in Seattle, and it was, like, a third full. I was like
2: what is going on here, man? A uh, tripicon, people don't appreciate Triptocon as much as they should in my opinion. Um they slept on it, it, dude. Dude, it's it's awesome. Like the I get why it might not be for some people, but if you just like like heavy music and you go to a tripicon show, you'll be sitting there listening just like bobbing your head and then every like 2 minutes they will play the heaviest thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Like the, the breakdown part, I guess you could call it the breakdown part to alter of deceit. I remember vividly the first time listening to that in the, in the, uh, or the first, I showed it to the ju- the judiciary guys in the van when we were driving from Connecticut to New York one time. And our drummer, Austin was in the back bench asleep. And that breakdown part happened, and he rose up like the Undertaker, and just said, <laughs> "What is this?"
1: That's amazing.
2: So yeah, listen, to Tripticon, they rock. But yeah, Hellfest was awesome. Catering was cool. I accidentally physically ran into Sam from Bolt Thrower, because um, oh. because Mo- Memorium played, so that was cool. He looked like a wizard. I-, I I love Bolt Thrower, so that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I can. Okay, so now you're thinking of Tripticon. I can, I can. Imagine, imagine this tour, heaviest tour ever, crowbar, Triptychon god You imagine that? That would be freaking awesome. Let's make it happen,
2: dude. World, could can handle it. Honestly, now,
1: now that I'm bringing up dream stuff, uh, ingrown uh, from Idaho, sort of, sort of close to Washington here. They just announced they're going to be going on tour with freaking obituary and immolation. Um, shout out to them. What's like your dream? Like two either death metal or hardcore bands that you would just be like, sign me up, dude. Let's go.
2: So, if I can, can I take a band that's no longer touring? Absolutely,
1: man. There's no rules with this fun game.
2: Okay. So, this would be a crazy lineup. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a four band package, us opening. How about that? Let's go. Um, you don't want headlining. headlining, no. <laughs> we don't deserve a headline spot here. Um, headlining, Slayer, awesome. Uh, direct support, Sepultura, Cavalera lineup, playing hits off of Arise, Chaos AD, Beneath the Remains. You know the 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 Cavalera records, obviously. Yeah. Um third, three of four, All Out War. Jesus four of four judiciary. Wow. And then I'm, I'm sold. Sign me up. I'll go for months. Yeah. Yeah. World tour. It's like, imagine, imagine all out war on a Slayer bill. They would, people would love them. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And Slayer did like, uh, how many legs of their final tour, you know, it was basically like three years. Just, just put that out on, on the road for three years. And
2: what's one more? What's one more? I think,
1: you know, I honestly, and, and this is a reason why I, uh, you know, I wanted to do this interview is I think, you know, I come from hardcore too, but uh, I love metal and I love punk and I love all this stuff. But I think that, you know, judiciary playing in front of, uh, you know, just like a straight up headbanger metal, like Hesher crowd. They'd love you guys. Like, uh, you know, I there's a band here from Tacoma. It come, kind of comes from hardcore uh, denial of life. They play in front of a thrash. And people just like old dudes come out with denial of life hoodies and they're just like, This rocks, you know. Yeah, it's like
2: we, we say, uh, metal we,
1: crowds a little bit more open minded than hardcore crowds. I'm
2: just gonna say, Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on the metal crowd, that that's um, it. Depends, it depends on the patron. Because we, when we toured with uh, Exhumed and Gate Creeper, I remember, um, yep. The the amount of uh of dudes with their arms crossed in mayhem shirts uh <laughs> while we were playing, I could I, I vividly remember. Um but, but that was when you had the short person.
1: hair, dude. That was when you had short hair, man.
2: Come on. That is that is true. <laughs> I d I I don't I look way more I, I fit the bill way more now. I saw some some comment say that I looked like Ronnie from Jersey Shore nice. uh one time. <laughs> I was like, I guess, man. I'm not tan enough for that. Um but uh yeah, it depends on the uh, on the crowd, I guess. But I'm I'm down to playing in front of a metal crowd. I think that we would we would pop off. Nice man.
1: So, uh, the let's back to the new record. The reason why we're doing this chat. Uh, so it's out now, Flesh and Blood. You guys gonna be doing uh, some touring? You guys, uh, you guys played uh, Jag right? Just another gig up here in Tacoma. So
2: we we did play just another gig right after Denial of Life, and they covered All Out War. And That's it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. You. Um, it, uh, so that band was great. Also, I got a shout out uh, Seattle Tacoma local. I think they're they claim federal way. Um, but Predator Apex Predator that band is unbelievable. I love that band. Um, shout out Joey from Apex Predator and Gag. Um, but uh, yeah, we played Jag and it was a great set, man. Um, but uh, Yeah, uh, as far as like touring off this record, we have some stuff in the works I don't think I can really talk about yet. But um, the best I can say is we will be around and up up and around. So hopefully you can catch us in a city near you.
1: Okay, sounds good. You guys with Slayer, All Out War, and Sepultura. Sounds
2: good. Yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Okay, so um my question for you to end this dude is we a question that i i ask every person in any interview i also do wrestling i do a wrestling podcast for a local company here so even ask them this question pick a scar on your body show us if you can but tell us the story of how you got the scar
2: uh so you see that strip missing out of my eyebrow
1: oh yeah looks like a little
2: yeah you cut yeah right
1: there to look cool
2: yeah, that is uh, not something i put there on purpose. Um, so when I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. I was at a show in Lubbock, and I believe it was um, Vale of Maya and Within the Ruins. Okay. Very, very uh, 2010 show. Oh, um, I can, I can yeah. picture the
1: album... <laughs> Uh, I can picture the the um, the the ad mat for the uh, the actual show. I can totally picture it. it is like very bright.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I was I was at that show, and I decided to pit for a little bit because that was my that that was uh those were those were my kind of bands at the time. Yeah, and uh, I get in the pit, and there was a grown man moshing and i believe he had a ring on and he hit me and it wasn't like a wedding ring it was like a it looked at what it felt like it was a super bowl ring how big it was jesus um, yeah like it was a huge ring and so like one of the he, dallas
1: cowboys just like, <laughs>
2: yeah i get caught right in my eyebrow and i'm like it's one of those things where like you get hit and you're like okay i know that hurt but yeah. I know, I I don't know how bad it is. Like, I wasn't like, ow, ow, my God. I wasn't dizzy, nothing. I was just like, okay, I know that hurt. Let me step aside. So I, I, I step aside and I feel it and I look and I see blood on my hand. And I look at my friend Jacob and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on here? And he looks at me with like this state of shock. And he's just like, oh, like, you got to go to the restroom right now. And I was like, okay, so the venue in Lubbock—it's called Jake's. Um, It's—it's the—the venue is in the back of a sports bar. Um, so you have, to go to the restroom, you have to walk through the sports bar to get okay. to the restroom. Yeah. Um, and so, the second I turn the corner into the sports bar, I just see all these families eating and uh-huh. guys drinking beer, and they're like, oh, oh, ah, ooh, ah. And so, I I'm like, oh no. Before I walk into the bathroom, Jacob's like, hey, man, before I let you see this, like, you got to promise me you won't freak out. And I was like, is it that bad? And he was like, just promise me you won't freak out. And I was like, okay, I promise I won't freak out. I walk into the restroom and I look in the mirror and it, I look like a caveman. Like, there is a golf ball size, I think it's a hematoma. There's a golf ball size hematoma just on my forehead slash eyebrow. That's huge. And I'm like, oh, and there's just blood streaming down the side of my face. And so I go back. I, I clean myself up in the restroom. I go back to the venue. I'm just like icing it down the rest of the night. Um, And then I, <laughs> Jacob drives me home at the end of the night. I go, my mom, after I would get home from shows, would like wake up, come in my room and just say, you have a good time? Yeah. That That night she comes to my room. I turn and she sees what happened. She doesn't even say anything. She just goes, "Ah," throws her hands up and just walks back in the bedroom. And so, I go to sleep. I wake up. Huge black eye. Yeah. Like, my eye is yellow. Everything's black. And so... Uh, I go to school that day, and obviously everybody like I have my hood up. I'm trying to hide it. Everybody at school is just like, "What happened to you? There? Are you get in a fight?" And I'm like, "No." And then I'm in second period, and I just hear over the intercom. I think I was a freshman at the time or sophomore. They were like, "All sophomores to the library for picture day." And I'm oh. like, "Oh God!" So I go to the library, and the teacher that was handling it, Miss Moore. She's like, okay, everybody, you go to this wall, you go to this wall. She's, like, directing traffic, and she catches eyes with me. And she goes, Jake, we'll get you on retakes. Don't worry about it. And then, (laughs) so I was like, okay. And I just went back to class. Um, And luckily, retakes were, like, two and a half, three weeks after that. So I got a decent picture on retakes. My eye was still a little green, but, like, it was good.
1: That would have actually been really hilarious if that was your photo, though.
2: Oh, my God. That would have been horrible like people would have been looking for that like for years to come at that yearbook being like what's going on with that kid is he okay Are his parents you know we need to call cps (laughs) they're looking through other pages of the school yearbook to see if any other kid has a black eye to see who i fought or something like that you know (laughs) that's
0: a good story man i appreciate it this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news.